Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. The word of the today is, the buzzword is UI. Those of you who are uninitiated, that's user interface. And I'm going to go on record and say UI is king. Why? I'm going to quote something that was first said in 3rd century B.C. in Greek and something that Shakespeare expressed similarly in Love's Labor Lost, 1588. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Think about that one. So let's fast forward to the present. UI, software UI. It's what we see, what we feel, what we think about software. If the software UI is not beautiful, not easy, not intuitive, and not fun, hey, guess what? Even the most brilliant engineers and designers will fail to please their audience, whether it's consumers or business people or both. And after all their hard work, what a shame that would be. I have four experts who are going to weigh in on this today and talk to us. First, we're going to be hearing from Bill Newman. He says, overburdened knowledge workers are tasked with doing more with less. Yes, we all know that. With the economy picking up, particularly in the U.S. market, these technocrats demand access to necessary complex information. How? In easy-to-use engaging means. We'll talk to Bill in a few minutes. Anders Raft is joining us today, and he says, totally different way of approaching this. The art of teaching kids to gamble is there is no teaching needed. Can't wait to talk to Anders and find out what he means. We're also joined today by Ella Morgulis, and she says, easy, fun, user-friendly work experience at work is no longer an oxymoron. Hmm, it is a requirement today. Ella says, the iron curtain between work and consumer experience has fallen. We'll talk to Ella soon. And Mariano Christensen is with us, and he says, as far as the customer is concerned, the interface is the product. And that's a quote from the late Jeff Raskin, who was what's known as a human computer interface expert. He worked at Apple in the 1970s. So stick around and join us for more insights on all about the UI, technology without the gory details. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Before I introduce my guests and have you listen to their wonderful voices, I have a free gift for all of our Game Changer listeners. Are you looking for enterprise-grade mobile applications that give you secure information when and where you need it? Well, that's what you need. We've got a great Aberdeen white paper for you that addresses secure delivery of corporate email, business intelligence dashboards, and customer inventory and sales data. Go to our click on the banner on the show page if you 
you're on the Voice America Business Channel or go to spr.ly forward slash game dash changers and you can get your free paper. Okay, now let me tell you who's on the show with me today. William Bill Newman. He's my new best friend, so I can call him Bill. He's a managing principal and co-founder of the Newport Consulting Group. He's an author, professional speaker, writer, and consultant with over 25 years in strategy and IT planning across multiple industry sectors. Welcome, Bill Newman. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> I see you're, you're literal. Thank you, Bill. Good to have you. And we're going to also be talking to Anders Raft. He's a project manager at a company called Art of Crime. Woohoo! He's co-responsible for a successful global rollout of what's called a quest-based MMO for tweens. You know who they are. You probably have some of them at home. In 2013, from 2009 to 10, he was an online professional poker player. And from 2006 to 10, he worked on iGaming in Europe. Can't wait to meet him. Anders, say hello. How are you today? I'm very well. Uh, here in Copenhagen, it's getting uh, cold and dark, but uh, I'm still uh, with high spirits. Good. You're with us. So we're going to come back to you in a minute and ask you about your quote. We're also joined by the lovely Ella Margulis. Ella works on the solution management team for Duet Enterprise Software, developed jointly between SAP and Microsoft, engaging with customers, partners, and sales force to implement solutions. Ella also publishes blogs on the SAP SCN pages. And Ella holds a civil engineering degree from Moscow Railroad University and an MBA from Haas School of Business at UC Berkeley. Welcome, Ella. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you very much, Bonnie. Wonderful to have you on board. And we're also joined by your colleague at SAP, Mariano Christensen, a tech manager at SAP in Europe. He co-founded the customer advisory office for the EMEA region, working with IT management CIOs and CIOs. Mariano developed strategies, I love this, for turning future technological innovations into profitable solutions. There's the bottom line. How are you today, Mariano? Thanks, Bonnie. I'm very good, very good and happy to be here in the show with you. Wonderful. Delighted to have you all. So let's go back into the opening, and we're going to do a deep dive. Let's start with Bill Bill Newman. Bill, you say overburdened knowledge workers, you call them technocrats, are doing more with less. I think we know that, but they really have, you're not saying they want, you're not saying they ask for, you're saying they demand access to necessary complex information, data, and easy-to-you-engaging means. Talk to me more, Bill Newman. Well, that's just right, Bonnie. Um, and what we're seeing is, is that there's a demographic shift going on in the workplace with all the baby boomers working a little longer, albeit because of the economic crisis, they're beginning to transition out of the workplace. And uh, we're seeing millennials, uh, which generally refer to workers born between 79 and 99, moving into the workplace. And what's different about that is, is that in their education, in their social activities, in what they do for fun. Um, fun and engagement is a big part of that, and they're carrying that into the workplace. So now as those workers are coming into the workplace and they are the majority of all of the new employees, particularly in the U.S. market, they demand it, and it's something that they're looking for, not just in terms of making their um, work-life balance more amenable, it's something that they're using to pick and choose who they go to work for. So, you know, companies uh, are on notice to, to create those environments. 
Very interesting. So when you said demand, you really meant it. In other words, if I can't get what I need in a pleasant, easy to use, even fun way, God forbid we should have fun at work, Bill, they're looking at companies that do or don't provide. It's very interesting in a, in a market that's very competitive for good tech talent. Okay, let's turn to Anders Raft. Anders, you're a professional gambler. You are a professional poker player. And you say the art of teaching kids to gamble is there is no teaching needed. Talk to me, Anders. What do we mean? Okay, um, I would like to start out like this in the sense that um, uh, what I what I experienced from the iGaming industry, poker and whatnot, and this type of industry, there's a lot of crossing over of the same elements into gaming for uh, tweens and younger kids, and uh, it's it's actually something that. Well, it's it's used as yet another uh, money stream for the companies, but it's uh, within the user interface. It's um, it's sort of integrated very subtly because uh, even though they don't gamble for real money, the the kids they gamble for virtual currencies, and virtual currencies obviously they have a cost, but it has to be integrated uh, in in the UI um, so that the parents don't really perceive it as gambling, even though that it is. Ooh. That is actually what, <laughs> that is, actually what is meant, because I can, I can just see that uh, um, iGaming is, uh, it came out uh, years earlier before gaming really picked up. So they actually have a head start. And, and you can see that, that, uh, that the gaming industry and, and the large players like Singer, for instance, they are actually copying these things. Uh, in order to increase revenues, obviously. Very interesting. Anders, fascinating. We're going to talk more about that. I think we're all dying of curiosity to hear more about this this uh, veiled gambling for kids. Woohoo! Let me turn to Ella Margulis. Ella, you say, easy, fun, user-friendly work experience at work is no longer an oxymoron. It's a requirement. This goes back to what Bill said, and you go so far as to say the iron curtain between work and consumer experience <coughs> has fallen. Tell me a little bit more, Ella, please. Oh, this is this is correct, Bonnie. Uh, what happens is that there is a merge between experience that people have outside of work and um, in the work environment. Years ago, it wasn't the case. People came to work and left behind their personal life. Now they do more from uh, more personal stuff from work, more work from home, and essentially they do it from the same devices and using the same means. Very interesting. Um, I want to turn to Mariano and, and add his point of view here. Mariano, you have quoted the renowned Jeff Raskin, who unfortunately is no longer with us, a human computer interface expert at Apple in the heyday of the 70s. You say, as far as the customer is concerned, the interface is the product. That's putting it all on the line and up front. Mariano, talk to me. Yes, yes. Actually, that, that quote uh, is something that, that we take in uh, as, uh, let's say, the new design thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually, uh, we want to use this as a religion when we, let's say, build new UIs. Uh, however, that's not really the reality uh, among the big players in the market, right? Because we think we are all so smart. We have so much content that we want to put out there, right, that to balance the simplicity with the content richness is very difficult. However, this is what we need to aim for always. I mean, it's a fact that today we have more than one billion people, right, uh, engaged in social networks, for example, right? It's because it's easy. It's what they see, what they get. Uh, And we need to seek that kind of simplicity also in enterprise software design thinking. Very interesting. I want to uh, throw a little wrench in here for my 
panel of four, my Bill, my Anders, my Ella, and Mariano. I did a little research on this, on who is the one, who are the people who are designing these UIs? What does it take? And I found a very interesting blog called joelonsoftware.com. You can all look it up. And I want to read, we have three minutes till this segment. I just want to read a small paragraph from his blog here uh, and, and see if any of you agree or disagree with this. And here's what Joel Spolsky says. He says, I think most programmers' fear of UI programming comes from their fear of doing UI design. They think UI design is like graphics design, the mysterious process by which creative latte-drinking, all-dressed-in-black people with interesting piercings produce cool-looking artistic stuff. Programmers see themselves as analytic, logical thinkers, strong at reasoning, weak on artistic judgment, so they think they can't do UI design. That's a heck of a quote. I'm going to ask Anders, do you agree with this, that, that people who are asked to do what UI programming say, hey, that's not me, I don't do that. What do you think? You've been, you've been there. I, I, I completely disagree. It's... Uh, it, it's uh it's a very rigid statement. Uh, I actually think, well, in my company, it's a fairly, it's a smaller company, but uh, there's there's a strong understanding from the programmer side uh, how the the user interface has to be in order to to well to generate retention from the users, obviously, and they they work very closely with the graphic designers, so they have a mutual understanding. I I completely ah. agree. A partnership. I love that. Anybody else want to chime in on the quote I just read? Uh, Bill Newman, you must have an opinion here. What do you think? Well, well, Bonnie, I think the one thing you forgot was the little parrot that was on top of the graphic designer's shoulder that came into work with his uh, <laughs> parrot. And all that good stuff. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at this uh, slightly differently. I'm going to say that I think that part of the reason that there's a little hesitancy in the user design space is because executives are changing how they interface with software. And you've got things like Sarbanes-Oxley and other government regulations. Executives are reluctant to put their hands actually on business enterprise software. And what they prefer to do is they prefer to comment on it and, and poll, if you will, or share opinion, and then have their direct report to actually translate that into information into the system. So in order to engage executives, you have to design mm-hmm. uh, an interface very, very differently than if you were to um, design an interface for um, your, your um, technical knowledge worker. So it's a completely different audience, and I think that creates confusion uh, in the uh, user design community. Well, I'm going to throw in the next paragraph from Joel's blog before we go to break. I'm just going to leave this one hanging. We'll come back and talk more about this. And Joel says, actually, I, and he's talking personally, I found UI design to be quite easy and quite rational, to Andrew's point and Bill's point. It's not a mysterious matter that requires an art school degree and a pension for neon purple hair. There is a rational way to think about user interfaces with simple logical rules you can apply anywhere to improve the interfaces of the programs you work on. So we have a Agreement from Joel. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We have a great panel, an exciting topic all about the UI, technology without the gory details. We'll be right back, and we're going to find out what my guests are drinking today, what's in their coffee cup, and a lot more here. So don't even think of touching that app. And hello to Greg, and hello to Margo. Thanks for tweeting. Tweet us at hashtag SAP Radio. Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are, and I'm going to talk to my guests and ask what's in their cup today, because after all, the show is called Coffee Break with Game Changers. You've got the cup. You're the Game Changers. Bill Newman, what are you drinking today, and where are you calling from? Well, um, I'm here in uh, southeast Michigan, uh, enjoyed uh, a nice weekend out in sunny southern California, got back yesterday, so happy to be here, and uh, today I'm a little boring until we get into the afternoon, but uh, we're going yes. into the holiday season, right? And, yes. Uh, we, have a, we have a tradition in my family, so uh, we, we make a homemade Irish cream. Uh, it's everything Ooh. that you're probably not supposed to drink in your coffee, but we enjoy it very much. <laughs> I think there's some going in right after the show. So uh, I was going to ask if that's why you sound so happy. Okay. It's the anticipation, Bill, Bonnie. That's I know. I know. And you asked me, because my last name is Graham, you asked me if we had a family recipe. We're actually, they are actually Scottish and not Irish, but I'll forgive that one on your part. Let's talk to Anders. Anders, you are in Copenhagen. What are you drinking today? Coffee, tea, Dr. Pepper, no, champagne? Uh, What's I going on? You can hold... I, I got hold of a bottle called uh, Vitamin Well Reload. It's sort of water blended with some taste of lemon or lime with added vitamins. It's quite good. I like it. I'm, I'm glad. You know what? You can put anything in your coffee cup you want. By the way, what time of the day is it there, Anders? Oh, it's uh, after five uh, in the afternoon. <laughs> okay, well, we're glad you're joining us for Cocktail Hour, then. We'll have to call it Cocktail Hour with Game Changers. Ella, where are you calling from, and what are you drinking today? What's in your cup? Uh, I am first. I'm calling from Palo Alto, but uh, in California, of course. But mm-hmm. I live in San Francisco, where we have an amazing number of um, gourmet um, coffee shops and uh, roasteries. And there is nothing like fresh purchased coffee that you... Um, uh, ground on your own and make this fresh, fragrant uh, <laughs> coffee cup, cup of coffee and in the morning. Unfortunately, I had to drive to the office, so I had to go for our uh, espresso machine with Starbucks coffee. That's my story. Uh, I'm sure it's delicious anyway. Mariano Christensen, you are in Copenhagen as well with Anders. What's in your cup today, Mariano? Okay, the cup is actually empty after 10 cups of coffee. Uh, being in the <laughs> afternoon, you know, I had my, my ratio of the coffee. So I'm still sticking to the caffeine, uh, but in, in the shape of a Coke. Uh, so I'm, you know, supporting Coca-Cola, uh, a good customer to us, and uh, drinking the second Coca-Cola uh, of today. 
Wonderful. Sounds great. We've sure got an interesting variety of drinks going on in our mugs today, our coffee cups. So let's get back to the, I, I want to say the serious topic of UI user interface design, but I'm not sure it's that serious. We've been talking about the aspect of fun. I'm going to quote, let's use quotes. There's something from Bill Newman sent me. You said millennial workers, and I know Ellie has ta- Ellis talked about them as well. Millennial workers, those are definition time, born between 1979 and 1999. That puts me out of the running here. Have a tendency to prefer work in teams rather than alone. That's one statement Bill said. He also said millennial workers grew up learning how to play and fun was part of their learning pedagogy in their educational upbringing and it stays that way today. So Bill says you need to make work fun and easy and gamification is a big part of this. Now, here's the caveat. Older baby boomer workers, <clears throat> we know who we are, may dismiss this as wasting time, but it's how millennial workers get things done. Bill, I want to start with you, and then I want everybody to chime on this. Let's talk about the millennials. Are they really leading the force for what UIs look like? And everybody else chime in. So, Bill, t- kick us off, please. Well, I think that the millennials are leading the force, period. I mean, it's you've got a big shift in workers that we haven't seen in 40 years. So demographically, they are the new workforce, and, and most of, just based on what I'm seeing in the marketplace, is that most of the new jobs being created now as we come out of recession are going towards the uh, younger workers, these millennials. And the millennials just behave differently. And so what we need to do is, as uh, people in the software community and, and management, we need to respond to them differently. We we uh, we were the baby boomers were brought up. We were brought up um, understanding that um, you know ind- individual contribution was very important, and our our performance and our compensation was based upon that. And that's very difficult to do now with millennials. They they work in groups. They work in teams. It's very mm-hmm. interactive. It's very social. Um, we were talking earlier about the blend and the mystery between you know work life and vocation. It's all blending together. So, um, you know, having different kinds of work environments, having different ways that people get things done, which may be a little odd to older workers, and they may consider the millennial slackers sometimes. Um, yeah, well, and, and you have to be able to respond to that. And I think, you know, everything from how we behave in the workplace to what are the tools and the software we give them to do their job, we really need to consider those shifts. Very interesting. And we talk about workforce diversity. We've talked about that on some of our shows. And if you have a diverse workshop, workforce and diverse teams, you're going to have the bumping up of generations, the X's, the Y's, the boomers, and everything in between. You need some respect in order to work on teams or at least tolerance. Ella, Anders, Mariano, chime in on this aspect of millennials. I know millennials are known for their multitasking. And Ella says that it's called mm-hmm. continuous partial, continuous partial attention. And Wikipedia does describes this as a process of paying simultaneous attention to a number of sources of incoming information, but at a superficial level. OMG. Ella, why don't you, Ella, defend this statement, and then I want Andrews and Mariano as well. Bon, it's so funny. I was just thinking of saying it, and you said it for me. Yes, I actually wanted to, uh, to bring it back to Bill, as um, continuous partial attention is something that um, millennials, or also, also known as Generation Y, is, is famous for. And you would, in for all the workers, it would be considered rude to, to when when in a meeting some people are looking at their um, PDAs and uh, do something else. But it's it's a reality of today. So how do we how do we cater to this audience and how do we make their work 
productive, even though they never pay full attention to anything they do. <laughs> Very interesting. And what's the answer? Ella, quickly, what is the answer? Does the UI have to be so compelling that they will stop looking at a hundred different things or five different things and say, wow, I really want to use this software. I really find this app interesting. How do you grab them and keep them? I think it's a combination of both. One one uh, question that I want uh, to ask to Anders, by the way, is um, related to gambling. You don't need to make anybody, force anybody to uh, focus on gambling, right? It's all-consuming as it is. So probably one way would be to make work as exciting as possible so people would pay full attention. However, I don't think it's always possible. Uh, probably another way would be to provide an environment where people – People are most comfortable, and uh, that's where um, it wouldn't be one-size-fits-all. It would be probably a variation of different environments, maybe build your own work environment or, you know, any other ideas you guys can come up with. Yeah, I, w- I want to hear Anders on this. Anders, what do you think? We, we keep touching on the idea of gaming and fun. Work is fun. Hello. What do you think? I, are you a Gen Y, Anders? May I ask that? <laughs> yeah, I am. I guess, well, I'm 39 uh, okay. But, yeah. Probably generation yeah. I guess, but, but 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 the thing is, uh, yeah, our generation, we we don't really have been taught up in loyalty in the sense that we would go job shopping and uh, basically it's it's a question about we need something new all the time. It cannot be too well. Rep, rep, there can't be repetition too much. Otherwise, we we become bored. So mm-hmm. rep, repetition needs to be out of the equation. In, in case you need to to hang on to um, uh, well to to this type of um, of employee, Andrews, do you think that the, the introduction of gamification and gaming into business apps that that aspect that hey you can learn something I'm talking about in marketing for example where you give people something to do something to play a video to watch and we have to keep them entertained I'm a big fan of adding entertainment value to everything you do in the marketing field that's what I do that's what I like to do so do you think that this is the key to capturing the attention of let's say I, I the, think, I think the, the target the, in, in order in order to create engagement, then gamification is a parameter you cannot not have. Perfect, perfect. You, you, and we're you talking on need, you, you, you need to add it. We're adding on both sides. We're talking about the workers, and we're talking about the people we're selling to as well. Mariano, need to hear you weigh in on this. What do you think on everything we're talking about? Gamification and play and fun and UIs for different <laughs> generations. What's your POV? I mean, I've been very silent because I have really mixed feelings about this. Uh, okay. I'm only one year older than Anna's, but I feel I'm an old school, uh, old school here. Uh, one side hand, of course, this new generation. I mean, they have a co- complete different discipline than 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 I have, than than people in my environment have. Uh, eventually, this generation will grow up, uh, will become adults. Um, maybe they continue. <laughs> Maybe they continue with the same, let's say, attitude towards uh, the devices, the games, the, the work, uh, everything, or they will grow adults. Um, I, I'm still coming from a very conservative mindset saying that, you know, we, we run business uh, applications, right? Um, and and if our applications do not work, uh, the flights are grounded. Uh, the automotive cannot share spare parts uh, to the different countries. You know, a huge impact. So... I'm really balancing between it should be fun, 
mm-hmm. serious, but it should be extremely reliable at the same time. So that's sort of the balance I'm trying to seek uh, in my work. Very interesting. And t- tell us specifically, do you engage with UI programmers, Mariana, or what's your role? Uh, tell us a little bit about what your role is in making this happen the way you say. Uh, most definitely. This is uh, you know, one of the, the biggest part of my, my job, uh, constantly trying to, let's say, make our UIs uh, more, let's say, appealing to, to the users. Uh, some, some voices out there have, have claimed that SAP never won any beauty contest with our classical UIs. Uh, I can partially understand that statement because the old UIs were you know, designed and developed by core engineers, right, with mm-hmm. the notion that it should uh, offer all the functionality possible in one screen. Uh, today is, is a bit different, right? Today you want a beautiful screen with two buttons, right? And then the next mm-hmm. screen. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's a balance. In one side hand, you, I mean, you need to have something that is, that is beautiful, is, is, is attractive. Uh, on the other hand, you need to, you know, pump that UI with a lot of screen and functionality. Uh, so, so you need, you need to do your, your job fairly fast uh, and cannot switch between, you know, multiple screens all the time. Uh, so we, we are, you know, applying the design thinking uh, in, in, our, in our company really to, to start renovating the UIs for the different solutions we have in our portfolio. And sometimes it's creating, let's say, the, the end result, the beautiful UI for a particular application. In other cases, it's not, about, it's not much about, let's say, the, the, the style sheet. It's not about the colors. It's more providing the technology so our customers can design the, the, the end state of the UI. Very interesting. And you know what? I Before we go to break, we're just bumping up against our halfway break here. I have some interesting tweets to read. Greg Chase is with us today. He says he's drinking Pete's Ethiopian Supernatural in a special mug. Greg, I hope it's one of our official Game Changers mugs. If not, we're going to get one to you right after the holiday. Margo Heiligman is with us. Margo, hope that wrist is healing very quickly. Sorry for your accident. And Margo, as always, is drinking Nespresso Descaffeinato Lungo, and it's red, my favorite color. That's why they call me Radio Red. And Karen is with us. Karen has a sore throat. Karen Geraldo, she says she's drinking hot lemon and unpasteurized honey. Interesting. I wonder if there's some tea in there. And Greg also says, wow, SAP Radio has got me charged this morning. Why does user experience matter? Because it affects your brand since customers are users. On that great note, we will go bump up against our break. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. They don't let me have caffeine on show days. I wonder why. We'll be right back with lots more from Ella and Anders and Bill and Mariano. Coffee Break with Game Changers. It's all about the UI. Don't even think of touching that app. Brad, out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network 
the bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Okay, I'm going to introduce one of the forbidden topics on the show, religion. No, we're not talking about organized or disorganized religion. We're talking about the religion of UI, user interface. It's all about the UI. I'm going to turn to my guest, Mariano Christensen from SAP. Mariano, how does religion enter into UI design, and what should our listeners be paying attention to here? <laughs> okay, it's a very interesting <laughs> question, Bunny. Uh, I like it, uh, and, and let, let me give me give you my view on this. Uh, when, I, when we talk about religion, of course, it, it's uh, basically some people having a tendency to, to love some UIs over others, but not only love, mm-hmm. really loving their own and hating all the others uh, mm. to a degree that they will stop using, let's say, important applications because they're not, let's say, visualized uh, in the way they like it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you have religions, you know, in, in many ways. Uh, for example, you know, the .NET versus Java religion uh, and, and many, many others of, of this space. Um, we had a board member some years back called Shia Ghazi, um, a smart guy, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said uh, that we have clients out there, I'm quoting, that uh, would love to have SAP but completely invisible. Um, and that's, for example, the SharePoint users of Microsoft. They love their SharePoint environment. They're used to it. It's easy, intuitive. Uh, and when you ask these users that work with SharePoint every day to switch over to SAP to do a leave request or purchase order, mm-hmm. they get sick. They get blue in the head. They really don't like it. <laughs> uh, so we have to take a consequence of, of uh, let's say, this religion. Uh, and, and the consequence is a solution we developed with Microsoft, which is, as you know, a competitor but also a very good partner. So we mm-hmm. co-developed a solution called Duet Enterprise. Uh, I need to say it's not the same as the first Duet release some years back. It's a complete new sol- solution called Duet Enterprise that actually makes, I say, SAP content invisible for SharePoint users. It, it exposes the content from SAP to the SharePoint users. Uh, they can work with SAP content in the SharePoint, uh, you know, data from business warehouse or HR data, uh, etc. And, and that would be also updated back to SAP. The users would, would basically not know that they are touching SAP. And that's the way that we keep these people happy. And uh, on the same time, they say putting the needed information and data into SAP as they have to. Yeah, that's Very a really interesting. Good, that's a good point, if I can just jump in here. Because sure, Bill, there's please. A, there's, there's definitely a difference between those users that need information to complete business transaction and those users who are using information to make business decisions. I think mm. there's, there's a very, very different uh, audience, and I think there's a very, very different uh, case. And, uh, Mariano, to your point, I think that those that are looking to make uh, business decisions using information need all the big data. They need the enterprise view. They need the breadth and exposure of what's going on in the organization. But they don't have the patience, particularly as they are growing younger and demographic, to to go out and find it. They want to just 
presented to them so they can consume it in a way that's friendly to them. And, um, yeah. and I think that's where the big I actually. Uh, I will echo that that uh, that statement, and, and I totally agree. Uh, and I have to say that, um, of course, in, in those cases where an enterprise, uh, one of our common clients, have let's say a very strong articulated SharePoint strategy, why should we fight against it, right? I mean, let, let's better hold them. Uh, on the other hand, let's say to make business decisions, as you mentioned, but I mean, you, you need the the insights, right? The analytical information. Uh, and, and in some cases, you will see the combination of SharePoint offering the collaboration around decisions together with the analytical information from SAP being, being the, the best combination, right? And here's where we stop talking about religion uh, and have one common view and, and support. Ella, you want to chime in on this as well, far as I, Duet goes? I'm Please. definitely biased because this yeah. is my life. Yeah, sure. This is the product I work on, and I love mm-hmm. it. But uh, I totally agree with what uh, Mariana and Bill said uh, as for, uh, for, the, for the users who do their business in SharePoint daily. It would be ideal to conduct all their SAP casual tasks directly from SharePoint. And this will lead to increased productivity, and it would allow them to do it so easily and so transparently that they may not even be aware that they do work with SAP. And this is the power of SAP that provides all the, all the data, all the back end, without being in your face. Well, and that was the subtitle of the show was uh, Technology Without the Gory Details. Who just chimed in? Who did I hear? Well, this is Bill again. I mean, Ella, Hi, Bill. I think I was looking at a study from 2011, so you probably have better numbers than me now, but something like uh, 75% of all organizations in uh, North America and, and Western Europe that are running enterprise software have have, have Microsoft, and of those, they, they have uh, SharePoint, right? So it's it's something that they're friendly with that they're already using. So why not, mm-hmm. you know, why not leverage that asset, right? Why why not bring that into the fold? And it's not an either-or decision anymore. I think that's the elegant of the solution, right, is that um, you, you can have your cake and eat it too. And elegance is something I think we're all talking about. I want to pose a question, and I want to bring Anders in and talk about uh, channeling our inner child and what we can learn from kids in terms of what they demand in UI. And my question is to all of you, why are so many websites, and I assume that's a good example of a UI where you go on, you have to do something, click here, touch there, insert this information, click this, you're supposed to get something, but it doesn't go to the right place. Why are so many websites so poorly designed that we we just throw up our hands, we end up sometimes calling the damn 800 number for help because we can't navigate them because the UI is so C-R-A-P-P-Y, you can all do the math on that word, and why is it so bad today? Haven't we learned any lessons? So I'm going to ask Anne if the lesson of kids is that what? That it has to be simple, it has to work, it has to be fun. What do you think there's so much bad UI work out there, Anders? Well, basically because there hasn't been enough focus. But uh, in, for instance, in the gaming industry, mm-hmm. uh, you start out, you start out, in order to uh, avoid huge drop-off rates with new users, you start out with a, with a tutorial and then in the games, there can be something called NPCs. It's non-playing characters that can help you along. Also, you can see that there's maybe a hint dog, a small dog that will follow your avatar, uh, trying to instruct you what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's integrated uh, in the game as something 
that that helps you, but also something that is natural. So obviously, in a in a in a game-like environment, these are things that you can do. But but otherwise, uh, I I I think that the 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 focus isn't high enough for for UIs. Very interesting. Uh, in, in all types of industries. I would venture to say that there's not enough testing with the right internal or external audience before they release them to the public or to the business community, that people haven't really looked at them and said, damn, that really doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yes, go ahead. Mariano? May I ask something? Yes. It was was Anna. Uh, Bonnie, I just want to ask something. Yes, uh, Anders. There there, there is actually a solution to the 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 user interface uh, scenario that is not very well known. In case you 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 uh, you go to a new marketing uh, company, then they can actually uh, well they would they would um, they would use uh, a galvanic skin response, its GSR mechanism, along with a rapid eye movement camera. And then, yes. for instance, if you go through each uh, page on your website, or if you see a small movie, then you can actually see where the eye goes. And due to the uh, algorithm that they have installed, you can also see if there's engagement in, and in case that your information is provided in the way that, that normal users would, would use. So you can actually, from a scientific platform, uh, uh, verify whether you have a user interface that works or doesn't. Very interesting. I want to ask Ella to comment on something. You mentioned in your notes to me, Ella, you said every company develops its own competencies. It is impossible to be good at everything. Capitalizing on someone else's user-friendly UI and partnering with the provider of collaborative, easy-to-use UX is a mutually beneficial, symbiotic relationship. I love that. Ella, do you think that's a trend that companies are looking for these UI specialists, maybe on a contract basis, or are they trying to hire them full-time? What do you What do you think? What do you observe? Well, I'm afraid my answer can be too long because I, I have I have a lot to say uh, to that. I mean, first first I wanted to say that um, I wanted to bring that. Um, uh, Yogi Berra quote mm-hmm. that you can you can observe a lot by by just watching and it's it's pretty much a statement of uh, design thinking and that goes back to what um, Andrew just said observe observe the end user see what they do see how they use the software and optimize it based on this feedback make everything very dynamic and. Uh, it requires lots of resources, and not every company has it. So it's really, um, and getting back to what you just said, Bonnie, um, mm-hmm. it's perfect that SAP has great competencies in uh, providing, in maintaining big data, in providing the whole backend infrastructure, and it's 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 great to partner with a company, for example, like Microsoft, that is all about uh, end user and productivity, and just. Instead of instead of trying to reinvent the wheel and create your own interface that, again, end users are not even used to, you just use something that they love already. And Interesting. You, and you link them together, and I think that's one of the trends in um, supported by design thinking. 
I have a little factoid to bring in here that I didn't know, shame on me, until Ella told me. She said an example is the Apple iTunes Store. Believe it or not, SAP technology is behind it, enabling its capabilities like the engine in the car. Nobody can see it, but without the engine, it is not a car. Very, very interesting. So that's why we call this show Technology Without the Gory Details. The whole point of UI is that it should be something engaging, interesting, usable, accessible, comfortable, smooth, and it should be part of what we love to call the experience today, the user experience, but we really don't need to know everything that's running that engine in the back when it was maintained and when it gets its gas and how whether it's it's part electric. It might be a nice curiosity, but we just want the damn thing to get us from A to B and make sure it works. You know what? It's almost time for our final break, and I'm going to tell you what's coming up next, and then we'll go to break, have a little extra time on the other side. Okay, When we come back, it's time for our crystal ball segment. Our regular users know, our regular listeners know, that that's when I'm going to ask my guests to look ahead, polish off that crystal ball, Anders and Mariano and Bill and Ella. What do you see coming ahead in terms of the best UIs? What will they be like? Let's say business UIs in the year 2017, which is five years away from now. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back with predictions for UIs in 2017. Hang on. You don't want to miss this one. We'll be right back. Brad out. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And a quick reminder to my Game Changer listeners, go to our spr.ly forward slash game-changers page, and you'll see a bunch of free offers with great information. If you're looking for enterprise-grade mobile apps that deliver secure information when and where you need it, go click on the Aberdeen White Paper. It will tell you great information. And now it's the Crystal Ball segment. Let's kick this off with Bill Newman. Bill is going to talk to us about what do you see, Bill, from Newport Consulting Group. Bill, what do you see coming up in 2017? in terms of what will the best, the award-winning, the top-of-the-heap A-list UIs look like, feel like, think like, smell like, whatever? What will they be like, Bill? Talk to me. Well, I think you, you hit on a few things. So first of all, I'm just going to come right out and say that they're, I think the best UIs won't be UIs, I think, in the way that we know oh. them today. I don't think that you're going to have uh, screens like we have <clears throat> physically anymore. I think that you're going to have 
uh, more virtual environments, a lot of the stuff that you see in movies. Uh, I think the reality of those situations are very, very near. Uh, I think that there's a lot of demographic uh, trends that are pushing us in that direction. We, we've spoken on many of them today. Uh, and I think that a lot of uh, organizations are going to continue to want to use assets they're familiar with in terms of their software, in terms of their uh, technology, and I think that they are going to want to um, continue to use what they know in, in uh, very easy, intuitive, multi-sensory ways that we haven't even thought of, right? So um, one of the things that we're trying to teach uh, our kids today is to um, the skills to solve problems that don't even exist now. So the crystal ball does get a little murky as we go out that far. Mm-hmm. But I think there are some really exciting opportunities for um, solutions such as Microsoft and SAP to really take advantage of that, uh, that big opportunity set going out a few years. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate that. Anders Raff, Project Manager at Art of Crime. Love the name of that company, Anders. What do you see going ahead five years? I know that's a big leap of faith for somebody in the millennial generation, but what do you see, Anders? Try to look that far ahead. Well, um, what I see from other types of industries, what they're they're taking uh, from, from our industry is the element of gamification. Um, the element of um, a constant reward. Uh, for instance, we all know the, the game called Angry Birds. One of the reasons, it's mm-hmm. a very simple game, but everyone seems to play it. And one of the reasons is that uh, you, you keep on getting rewarded. And being rewarded, you release a, a small amount of dopamine in, in your brain, which gives you joy and pleasure. And I think these elements will follow the user interface as we go forward. Okay, thank you very much. And do you think that the the millennials like you, Anders, will be at the forefront, the leaders in UI design and in in setting a new pace for pleasure in UIs, whether it's business or whether it is pleasure for the consumers? What do you think? Um, I think that we we are used to it and we are embracing new technologies uh, at a very fast rate and we are demanding well, new technologies and, and something that is convenient. So, yes, definitely. I, uh, well, I, I fully agree with, with, uh, with Bill on that good. account. Thank you. And, Ella, time for your crystal ball prediction. What do you think? Ella works for the Duet Enterprise Software Solution Management Team at SAP. Go ahead, Ella. Uh, we all know about uh, bring your own device trend, and mm-hmm. I think in five years it may evolve into bring your own interface. It's it's hard to predict which devices would be most popular by then. Probably there would be some fusion between um, a tablet device and a computer, almost likely smartphone and a tablet. And these devices would be probably the primary the primary means to have your work done. Uh, at the same time, I want to. I, I want to um, distinguish between large established enterprises and younger companies. I mm-hmm. think for the larger enterprises, change wouldn't be that abrupt, and that probably won't that noticeable because they are always slower to slower to adopt new technologies. But for uh, small and medium enterprises, companies that be, are being formed today, they would probably be at the forefront of this uh, innovation, and we can't even imagine how they would get work done. 
and most likely, whichever way it is, there will be instant gratification. There will be detection of uh, the user being tired, for example, introducing some uh, game elements there to wake them up and, uh, you know, maybe even bring them coffee when they need it. <laughs> Depends on what kind of coffee. That sounds yeah. good to me. Mariano, crystal ball, what are your predictions? Can you go five years out, Mariano, or sooner or farther? What do you think? I, I can go five years uh, ahead okay. and, and uh, come with a couple of statements. And, and the first one would be that if I'm in the in industry of IT at that time, I will not be working with UIs anymore because it will not be that kind of UI that people will demand. I, I'm, I'm seeing more, let's say, a, a trend towards uh, 3D, for example, right? Uh, holograms, uh, what you see in CSI, uh, you, you don't run with a screen. I mean. You know, you can just push a button and suddenly you have a screen in front of you in 3D. Uh, I see the merge of that with Google Glass, with IBM's Second Life or Second World. Uh, this, this kind of virtualization and, and the, the appearance of, of not a new tablet, but because that, that's invented. It's more 3D UIs we, we can, you know, put up of the pocket at any time. Uh, that, that's what I think, maybe not in five years, but, but in ten years' time. Uh, and, and I'm saying this because it's not because I have a need for that. It's because there are so many brainy people out there that are thinking innovation, new technology. It's those technology evangelists that actually invent something. We call them crazy. And five years mm -hmm. later, they're extremely rich. You, <laughs> there's, a, there's a way to play the game. You, you took away the words I was going to ask as a bonus round. We have just a minute here. I'm going to ask each of the guests to talk about, in 2017, what will the age and education of the top UI designers, the ones who are making a lot of money because they started out crazy and ended up smart, uh, who will that person be? Will it be, does it matter gender-wise? Does it matter where in the world they are? Uh, does it matter when they were born? Let me quickly give the bonus question 30 seconds each, first to Bill, then Anders, and Ella and Mariano. The DNA of the future most successful UI designers. Bill Newman, go. Uh, I think it's going to be global. I think you're going to see a lot of development by what uh, Don Tapscott calls uh, Wikinomics. So you're going to mm -hmm. have clusters of really, really smart people with different backgrounds working globally as teams throughout the world, and they're working real time. So it doesn't matter where they are or what time they're do you know they're working in, uh, they're all going to be working together in this giant flywheel of uh, innovation, and it's uh, surprising and delighting us, right, Bill? Exactly, exactly. Okay, I have to turn to Anders. Thirty seconds. Who will they be? The DNA of the new UI designers. Anders in five years. Def definitely global, but I'm also turning into women on women on in economics in the sense that uh, it's going to be uh, very much the female gender that will um, uh, gain more and more uh, a more and more solid base, uh, even though it has been fairly male dominated at, at, at this point. So very I, I interesting. Interesting observation from our millennial on the panel. And Ella, what do well, you it's, see? It's, 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 Go ahead. I have to turn to Ella. We've got two minutes left. Ella, quickly, what's the Actually, DNA I, of the I, UI? I agree. I was thinking it would be a woman. I was thinking it doesn't matter where they are because everybody is interconnected in the world these days. But uh, in terms of age, they would definitely represent the majority of the working population. So they would be on the younger side. They would be, they would be definitely representatives of uh, millennials or generation. Why? Thank, thank you, Ella. Mariano, you're almost a millennial. I think you really are. We'll make you a, a, an honorary millennial.
deal. What do you see prediction DNA of the UI designer in 2017? Quick. Oh, uh, the, the one that actually will become rich is a person working in an army uh, installation uh, in a lab, uh, retired, uh, and bring that innovation and ideas, or maybe from an SAP lab or from Google lab, this crazy person that got the crazy ideas and the means to realize it uh, is going to really blow every out away from, from the market. Uh, it's going to be a technology revolution uh, idea that really will, will uh, wipe out all the others. Uh, Thank you, Mariano. Thank you. We're up against our end here. It's time for Bonnie to give her predictions. Next week, November 28th, we'll be talking about transforming corporate banking. Show me the money, and whom can you trust? To quote Johnny Carson on his early game show. Game show, yes. And Wednesday, December 5th, we'll be talking about risk, HANA, and big data. Big topic. December 12th, we're going to welcome SAP's Eric Dufault and a panel of experts on the power of small. Think big, think small. And December 26th is my second annual year-end Game Changers prediction show. I'll be getting a panel of between 12 and 15 Game Changer guests from this year's shows to talk about their predictions for next year. I want to thank Patricia Harris, Anka Rebel, Malcolm Kimberlin, Greg Chase, Margot Heiligman, Karen, I hope you feel better, and all of our fans here on the Business Channel and our team as well. I have a shout out to all of you. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a Game Changer today. And thank you to Bill Newman, Anders Raft, Ella Margulis, and Mariano Christensen. Wonderful panel. I'm inviting you back for next year. Talk to you next week. Have a great one. I'm Bonnie D. Graham for Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign SAPRADIO. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.